This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for listening today. We are discussing a very real need to take a firm stand. My sister-in-law sent me a beautiful reminder about a week or two ago. It read, I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. Such a strong, definitive, profound statement caused me to think of the number of times I was concerned about what someone else would think of me, witnessing about how good God has been to me and how much unmerited favor he has bestowed upon me. I was concerned about how others, who, by the way, have no clue of where God has brought me from or how much he has entrusted to me. But I had the nerve to truly be careful about telling of God's goodness and mercy towards me. For foolish concern about what someone else might say or even think. Can you believe that? Each time that I think about it, it causes me to beg God's forgiveness. Now I do understand that some are concerned with being called weird or just being looked upon as different. But the beauty in that weird or different title is in God's word where he said, you are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. Now I was inclined to look up peculiar only to learn that the definition was strange or odd, unusual. Yes, today we use the term weird or eccentric. And yes, today I am proud, very proud, even honored to be considered peculiar. You see, I have grown too old to be overly concerned about the ideas or conform to the ideals of others. I am who I am and the woman that God has made me based on how I was nurtured, my experiences, and the nature with which God has blessed me. I believe that there is only one God who made us all, remains above us all, and continues to sustain us all. I also believe in accordance with God's word in Genesis 4th chapter and the ninth verse that we are one another's keepers. And just like Cain, who murdered his brother Abel, when we don't stand for and take care of each other as needs arise, we too can be cursed. Just as was stated during last week's podcast, we were placed together to care for each other. Additionally, it is just as dangerous to kill people with your tongue. Yes, what you say about them. I said your tongue, as it is to physically kill an individual According to God's word in Proverbs 18 chapter and the 21st verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, you can speak life and uplift the person to places and achievements of greatness or speak death, negativity, and emotionally, even spiritually kill an individual. At times, making one feel that he or she would rather be dead. Please know that God sees and he knows even when you may be inclined to deny that you are the vicious murderer who uttered the stabbing statements. Kind of like Cain, who in arrogance flippantly answered an omniscient God with his misguided question, am I my brother's keeper? Today, I will answer the question that Cain posed to an omnipotent God. You and I have a responsibility to ourselves and to God to take care of one another. 
You see, to do so is equivalent to taking care of ourselves. After all, I am my brother and my sister's keeper because I am them and they are me. As spiritual beings, enduring human experiences, we are indeed connected. We are fitly placed together by God as it is all a part of his ultimate plan. Think about it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Attend to another as if the same attention is being afforded you. When I abuse another, I've already abused myself. A wise woman once said, you must stand for something or you will fall for anything. I appreciate you, Mom. Thanks so much to my beautiful sister-in-law, Maxine, for sharing wise words to remind me, not that I did not know, but when the statement is so profoundly stated in no uncertain terms, I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. I am reminded of great responsibility to take a stand, even if it is not so popular, because the world loves you today and bashes you tomorrow. But God, he will never leave nor forsake us. He promised to be with us until the end of the world, which he happens to hold in his mighty hands. While I had this week's podcast all done and ready, that statement and the events of the week led me to sit down and talk about taking a firm stand as the members of the NBA and the WNBA did earlier this week or last week. Please understand, each time those men and women play, Not only are they pleasing and entertaining fans, but they are fulfilling contracts and upholding endorsements. Yes, they are actively earning and securing residual income, something so many strive to create. But these men and women put themselves aside and took a firm stand this week for brothers that have either been killed or are in critical condition from gunshot wounds in the back that have paralyzed this young man from the waist down. Here we go again. Jacob Blake was shot in the back seven times by a white police officer while he was unarmed. He had argued with the police and walked away, moving towards his car. Once he reached into his car, the officer fired seven rounds into his back, severing his spine. All of this took place in broad daylight in front of a host of screaming witnesses, both in the literal sense of yelling and on social media, and his three small sons who were in that very car. I cannot imagine what those little boys must have gone through as they witnessed their father being brutally gunned down by the police. Now, please know, in all fairness, the police were probably concerned that Mr. Blake could have had a weapon in his car and might become armed, already angry, and they felt the need to stop him. However, where were the nightsticks or tasers, as they were certainly in close enough proximity? I am still struggling with the need for deadly force with an unarmed black man. It seems the story keeps playing over and over again, and no matter how many times we hear it, the shock and pain of each is still as devastating as the first time it was heard. See, whatever you do against my brothers and sisters, you do it under me because we are connected. So when one hurts, we all hurt. It leaves me troubled, upset, and even angry, to say the least. 
after watching the video, my youngest son, who's 23 years old, explained that if he is ever approached by police, he would simply, silently comply. No resisting and no escalating, even if only to inquire of their motives. While I appreciate his willingness to keep silent to maintain some semblance of peace, it is hurtful that so many clashes and violent endings when the police encounter black men has somehow threatened and even muted the black man's masculinity. I am beside myself about the systemic racism that empowered those once sworn to protect and serve with the nod to constantly degrade, demean, and denigrate our community, especially our black men. Then later, when those from our communities take to the streets and become belligerent out of anger and rage, and having our concerns fall on deaf ears, they are called wild animals and unfairly displayed as such. Burning, tearing down, and often facing off with police or armed military personnel who have been called in to keep the peace? Please allow me to digress. How dare the racist system treat my people, our people, black men and women as wild, out-of-control animals, then insult their often enraged responses by saying they're acting like animals. Too often here lately, I have been reminded and feel the need to repeat the truth, telling words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., spoken on September 27, 1966, some 54 years ago. A riot is the language of the unheard. Yes, Black America has been screaming for equality, justice, for understanding, and proper treatment. But the screams seem to have fallen on deaf ears. Today, it appears our leaders want us to shut up, sit down, and mind our own business. As police brutalize, criticize, and in the case of Jacob Blake, paralyze our communities, setting their sights particularly on black men. Please know, I get tired of talking about President Trump because I do not want people to think my issues with him are personal without just cause. But it is difficult because he has been dubbed the leader of this so-called free world. And when such ills occur within our black and brown communities, I want to hear from our fearless leader just to show solidarity and be transparent. As words are always stirred up, with either actions or inactions that reveal one's own personal truth. I did not hear a response to the events that had unfolded with regards to Jacob Blake, so I listened to the president's speech, hoping that he would do what leaders do and react or respond to the current unrest. But all that we got was he will, he will always stand with police and anyone breaking the law rioting burning or looting would be arrested and punished to the full extent of the law. He also added that he would gladly send in the National Guards, federal troops if elected officials of the states would simply say the word. I did not hear my prayers go out to the families of the two young men who were shot and killed by militia members or we are going to get to the bottom of the matter involving Jacob Blake and the police so that justice is served. Or, while I stand with police, I will not condone poor behaviors, abuse of power, 
or blatant disregard for the safety of all. We got none of that, which screams, I do not really care about your communities nor the wild animals who live in your neighborhoods. Just know that I have instructed the police to do what you have to do, and I will stand with you. So who stands with and for the black and brown communities? When a man is shot seven times in his back, in broad daylight, in front of a screaming crowd, and in the door of the same car where his three small children witness police brutality against the biggest man they know, up close and too personal to understand or explain. Such a question brings me back to my initial statement. We must stand for something, for someone, or we will fall for anything. This past week, the men and women of both the NBA and the WNBA took a stand for social justice, equality, and refused to play ball as their refusal to continue business as usual is a loud, clear, and costly protest to our status quo. Social injustice is real, alive and well, and social unrest is the reality that has placed this nation we call America at the precipice of our times. The struggle is not just a figment of our imagination, but it's very real. If you do not believe me, go back and do your own research into the events in Kenosha. Following the climax of a white police officer firing seven bullets into the back of of Jacob Blake, black communities across the country, not just in Kenosha, rioted in protest. An armed gang of white men calling themselves a militia went to the streets of Kenosha in a show of opposition against the already angry blacks. The all-white militia members claimed they were going to protect a business. However, one of the members opened fire on some young black men, killing two and wounding a third young man. An already enraged crowd chased the assailant, yelling, he just shot someone. Now keep in mind, the young white man was carrying a high-powered weapon draped over his body, combat style. Yet the police walked past him in an effort to get the black people under control. The police bypassed a clearly armed white male to approach blacks who were yelling, he just shot some people. Please think about this for a while, at least for a few minutes. Finally, the white assailant was peacefully taken into custody. No bullets in his back, no tasing, no humiliating, get on the ground. I need my people to really see the dilemma in which we sit for what it is, because we all have sons, brothers, nephews, husbands, and fathers that we love dearly. But the country, our leaders and government administration is divided, cold and callous when it comes to the maltreatment of those black men we love. As I shed tears in this time of peril, I sat down and listened to the stinging words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As he so eloquently spoke some 54 years ago about the moral health of our nation He spoke so profoundly that had we not known better, I would have thought this speech was just given because he hit on exactly what we are facing today. His words were powerful and prophetic as he referred to our current state as the handwriting on the wall. 
he made reference to a dark hour in the affairs of men as he referenced man's inhumanity to man. I was so moved by what I had heard from the late reverend that tears fell on my keyboard like raindrops on the hood of a car. I became full, but my thoughts were still clear. You see, when a matter is larger than I can handle, I give it to God. Now allow me to say I believe in giving a matter to God, but I also know that I am expected to do my part, to do that which is in my power to affect positive change, as we all are. I speak loud and clear for a community that has been battered, deprived, marginalized, minimized, abused, disrespected, and even let down. I speak from a group who says, no justice, no peace, and so many really mean it. Now I have to say, I have not, nor will I ever, as long as God keeps me in my right mind, agree with looting, harming, or destroying the property of others just because one is angry. I openly denounce, rebuke, and chastise any and everyone who has taken the perilous situation that exists in our black communities with the police and turned it into an opportunity to commit crimes. I totally, categorically disagree. I understand the hurt, anger, and frustration that has ensued, but I also understand that systems must be torn down systemically. So if you you are hurt, disappointed, and angry about how black men are mishandled and abused by police and a system that stands with and for the segment of police and law enforcement that collaboratively investigate themselves, you must get out and vote. Yes, I said vote. Your one vote will send the loud message that you stand for something. If not for yourself, stand for your sons, your husbands, brothers, fathers, nephews, or stand for the Trayvon Martins, Tamir Rice, Philando Castiles, the Alton Sterlings, the Ahmaud Aubreys, the Breonna Taylors, the Jacob Blakes, the George Floyds, and so many, many more who can no longer stand for themselves. Some who never made the news, whose names we may never know. We, the black community, have got to take a firm stand and vote as if our lives depended on it because our lives truly do depend on it. If you believe sitting silently and making statements about how your vote really does not matter, I want you to remain that silent when a lack of justice is staring you down at your front door. Again, Dr. King stated, injustice to anyone anywhere is injustice to everyone everywhere. Just think on that for a few hours. Too often we witness others being done wrong, abused, someone else's son beaten, mistreated, wounded, or even killed at the hands of police. Yet we mumble slightly, but go on because it did not happen to you or yours. Well, my breaking news to you is you had better realize that it is only a matter of time until you may very well be faced with the matter. And if your coping mechanism is, if it does not affect me and mine, I will move on and pretend it does not exist. After all, that has nothing to do with me. You must get clear, get very clear on the fact that if it happened to another, it is your business and your responsibility 
to stand with, by, or for the affected party. You see, I am my brother's and my sister's keeper. And if only by using my voice I can effect some semblance of change for the better, then I will use my voice to do just that. One does not have to be a prophet to, like Dr. King explained, see the handwriting on the wall. We are faced with a dark season in our lives when we make the statement that black lives matter, not because we don't believe all lives matter, but we witness firsthand the lack of value that law enforcement and then a systemically racist administration places on our lives as it seems when the dispute or opposition involves blacks, the police reaches for and uses their guns first. No de-escalation, no taser, no real thinking about it. Shoot first and have our president threaten to send in the National Guards to regain order to communities whose order in and of itself have been shattered by anxious, trigger-happy, unapologetic police officers. I told you a few weeks ago, it is imperative that the black community realize that if we truly desire change, the change must begin right within our own personal habits. Stop spending with those who neither believe in nor promote equal rights for the members of our black and brown communities. Well, if I do not agree with your views and I am in search of alternative producers with whom I can, with a clear conscience, spend my black dollars, why on earth would I give my black vote to someone who does not, at the very least, share my views and show empathy, empathy with the plight of my community? We all witnessed our president, President Donald J. Trump, have peaceful protesters who were near the White House, smoke bombed, might have been tear gassed, as he walked across the street for a photo op in front of a church he does not attend with a Bible, one that he admitted was not his own, but even more importantly, his actions have not yet supported that he even reads the Bible. He actually said in his speech that he has done more for the African-American community than any other president in history, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, yet he will not denounce, rebuke, or condemn the egregious acts of police against members of black communities. It seems he wants us to witness the degrading treatment of our community members as an example of what could happen to each of us, then have us move on quietly as if unaffected and voiceless. I urge you to get out and vote like never before because our communities are in peril and we do not have a leader who stands with or for us. I am not moved by our leader's shameful shows of camaraderie when airing the live conferring of citizenship to a few whose countries have been openly discounted, disrespected, and denigrated by this same president, or black faces in the audience whose sentencing has been commuted just so he can show that he is with the black community. Yes, it is wonderful to be pardoned from prison, and I am happy for that sister. But as for the president, it was another notch on his belt to paint a false picture to the world, especially the black community, of how dedicated he truly is. Over the past two weeks, our president has even reclassified teachers as essential workers 
a title of which we should be so proud. But again, someone needs to ask him about ensuring such frontline workers to receive real hazard pay. Then see how quickly the almighty Donald J. Trump will defer black back to the several departments of education and more local boards of education within the various states. The president would have you believe he stands for the rights of an unborn fetus, yet he looks away from the black faces that need his intervention, support, and assistance when the police is committing egregious acts of violence and motivating rage within our own communities. You see, all of his sideshows are displays of convenience and not conviction. I saw more black speakers at the Republican conference than I have ever seen before. Yet not one of those black men or women addressed the president's need to reel in police and hold each accountable for disgraceful, belligerent acts that have been committed against black community members. How convenient. Both the NBA and the WNBA have taken a very costly stand. The same stand for which Colin Kaepernick took a knee when it was so grossly unpopular that no team would touch him due to his very public outcry against the African-American community. There is no wonder that Colin Kaepernick foresaw the handwriting on the wall. He must have realized that if he did not take a knee to take a stand on behalf of every black man and every black woman that would be abused at the hands of the police, officers, the situation would only become progressively worse to the point that it would be accepted as the norm. According to Galatians 5th chapter and the first verse, stand fast therefore in the liberty where Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Of course, the prophet Paul was explaining to the Galatians that Christ died for their freedom from the law. But I exact the scripture, the same scripture, on everyone listening to urge you to stand for each other, stand firmly for those you love, stand for all that is right. As we are no longer slaves and we must not allow ourselves to be enslaved within our minds, we are free to think for ourselves, speak up for ourselves, and call out, be it a person or a situation, that which is unjust, corrupt, or just plain evil. Today, I implore you to let your voices be heard, if only on November 3rd with your ballot. No, we are not discounting COVID-19, but the sick or elderly can vote curbside or absentee. If you are someone who knows some elderly or infirmed individuals, please, please assist them with their preparation to vote. If you are young and just approaching voting age, get registered to vote today as you must be registered a minimum of two months prior to November 3rd. The window is quickly approaching closure. You owe it to yourself and everyone you love to vote. I cannot express the need for us to, as the prophet Paul put it, stand fast, which simply means take a firm stand for that which you believe in. Remember, if you fail to firmly stand for something, you are destined to fall for anything. While the stand that you choose to take may not be the most popular, make certain that it is just and right and based on what you know and what you have seen. I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. 
What about you? To vote is what I implore you to do. Make the world a better place for me and for you. Our youth and our elderly are counting on us today to demand justice and hope for our future. I pray today's actions will always fuel future dreams. So now justice and equality must overflow like mighty rushing streams. Very clearly, no ifs, ands, or buts, no doubts. Equality, social justice, treating all fair is what voting's about. Do not allow them to fool you with grandiose smoke screens, only to find time after time the truth laying still behind the scenes. President Trump has said quite arrogantly, for blacks he's done so much more, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, than all past presidents who have served before. One who conveniently leans on alternative truths, no integrity, no real convictions. But what we find time after time are double talk and contradictions. No apologies, no explanation. Black men die by vicious police. No justice, no chastising, no outcry or uprising, just demand for order and peace. Yet we are expected to believe he is with us, that he will cover our backs. How could it be true when he praised the police while black men remain under attack? I am urging you to take a stand and vote like never before. I implore you to take this election so seriously that it's what you speak of and encourage the more. Take everyone you see and know to storm and crowd the polls so that awful will not be our case when proper leaders take control. I have serious concerns about what will take place if we falter and fail to stand firm. Could we really shoulder four more years? Trump again? A grueling second term? Now is the time, a time to vote, to have your voices heard. A time to weigh the pros and cons, good decisions and spread the word. Stand fast for your community at large, your children and all you love. Let them all become your motivation as their well-being is all you think of. Vote, I say, no time for play. Our future is within our hands. Freedom, my friends, has never been free. It is a construct we must demand. Be not deceived with colorful stories of the wonderful things he's done. Because after the election and the fake warm affection, stolen victory will have been won. Mr. Trump told of a beautiful fairy tale turn where he helped both women and blacks. But quite a few know just what to do to reveal truth, no fluff, just naked facts. The president touts those famous words, make America great again. But it's impossible to achieve such greatness to a place it's never been. While African-Americans were shipped to this country, stripped as slaves in chains, once the dark chapter of slavery was ended, blacks were never afforded their reigns. Maltreatment, abuse, and systemic racism, just the beginning of an uphill battle. So this is neither the time nor place to dishonor your vote. Be firm, choose wisely, don't straddle. Vote, I say, is your life, your mother, and your child's life was at stake. Don't hesitate as tomorrow's world will be molded by decisions we make. Your vote symbolizes your taking a stand as it is not what you say, but you do. Strong character, integrity, and demanding what's right is what we must hold on to. God's word has urged each of us to stand firm in Christ-born liberty. 
Stand and vote as Christ paved the way. When from bondage, he set us all free. I will stand firm with an omnipotent God and be judged by the world instead of standing with the world and judged by God, my hope and daily bread. My God, my rock, my comfort, my God made me my sister and brother's keeper. He loves me with an everlasting affection so that none can ever love me deeper. He is my creator, giver of great gifts who fulfills every need that's dire. I will stand firm under his strong, strong arm as he protects, uplift, and inspire. Well, family, this is number 18 of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. I pray that something I have said today moves you to understand how very important you really are. You must exercise your right to vote as people whom you've never seen, whom you've never met, died in the struggle to afford you such an honorable right. Now, I cannot close without thanking Brother David Jones, my wonderful neighbor from Hilton Head Island, the Bay, who called me to suggest, as God had laid on his heart, that we must, we must encourage each other to vote. Thanks, Brother Jones, for pointing me in a right direction at just the right time. I am so moved to encourage you that each of us working together is the only way that we will be strong enough to affect change. Please take that stand in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Just know that we we'll allow ourselves to be re-enslaved, even if it is mental enslavement, when we accept whatever is thrust upon us, all because we don't believe we are deserving of anything better. If police brutality and mistreatment constantly take place within our communities, in our neighborhoods against people of color, the narrative must change. There has got to be a better way and a brighter day. Use your power and cast your vote because you are God's best and you deserve the very best. God bless each of you. Please don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn page. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows, you might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.